have your Bible and would like to share the reading of the Word of God, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of Luke. So Luke chapter 8, and we're going to begin reading with the fourth verse. Luke chapter 8, and we will begin reading with verse number 4. Luke chapter 8, verse number 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him, to Jesus, out of every city he spake by a parable. He spake by a parable unto them. And this is what he said, verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some of the seed, he said in verse 7, some fell among the thorns, and the, the thorns sprang up with the seed, and the thorns choked out the seed that was sown. Verse 8, and other fell upon good ground, and it sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath an ear, let him hear. And the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? So understand that. A little later on, the disciples come to him and said, we don't get it. We don't know what you were saying. What might this parable be? And he said unto them, unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto others in parables that seeing they might see and hearing they might not understand. And then he explains to them the parable. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, they go forth. That seed of God's word has been sown in their heart. And they go forth. And then the cares of this life begin to rise up. And, it choke, and they are choked out with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And they bring no fruit to perfection, he says. In verse 15, he says, But they that fell upon good ground are they which in an honest and good heart have heard the word, keep the word, and bring forth fruit with patience. I'll ask you to bow your heads and we'll stop reading right there this morning. And let us pray. Father in heaven, we come unto you this morning. And I am so grateful for the opportunity that you have given to all of us to come and be in the house of the Lord. I'm grateful this morning, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to share what I feel that you have placed upon my heart. And I would ask this morning, Lord, that you would allow the anointing of your Holy Spirit to give me unction and that you would enable me 
to do what I readily admit that I cannot do on my own. Help me to be an effective minister of your word. Let me be able to speak on every level where each one that is here this morning and those that will listen by the internet, that they will be able to hear and to receive and to understand. I pray, Father God, that you would bless me to be a blessing and that you would use me for your glory. Mm. Touch me. Let Jesus be glorified and let the people of God be edified. And for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful. We thank you now in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So I want to title my message this morning, The Seed, the Soil, and the Environment. The Seed, the Soil, and the Environment. I want to look for just a few moments this morning, looking at three very specific fundamentals of spiritual growth. And I will begin by asking the question, how is it that we come to the Lord and how is it that we grow spiritually in the Lord? We all understand the concept of growth. Babies grow from infants into adulthood. I was reminded of that this past year when I did a wedding for a girl that I have known since she was carried in her mother's arms. I was reminded again of that very fact when another young beautiful mother, I dedicated her baby to the Lord. What I'm saying this morning is we understand the concept of growth. Babies don't stay babies for long. They grow up. Trees grow from saplings to maturity. When God began to put this word on my heart, I looked out across the lawn. I was sitting on the patio and I looked out across the lawn. And in 2000 and, uh, 2003, my wife and I built a brand new home. I planted some trees on the west side of the house and they were about five feet tall. They are now about 40 feet high. Trees grow to maturity. Crops grow from seedling to harvest. Walk out in a cornfield in early April and it may be about that high. Walk out in that same cornfield in the middle of July and it'll be up over your head. Relationships grow from casual acquaintance unto deep intimacy. We all understand the concept, amen, of growth. But here is what I want you to understand this morning. I believe with all of my heart that God desires for each one of us to grow in our relationship with him. He desires that we grow in our understanding and that our understanding of our walk with the Lord might continue to be enlarged, that our knowledge of who he is and who we are in him, amen, our commitment and our fidelity to God that it should be ever maturing and growing as we live and as we serve the Lord. We should be growing from faith to faith. 
from one level of understanding to yet a higher level of understanding. We should be growing line upon line and precept upon precept, the Bible says, growing in the grace and the understanding and the knowledge of what God has done for us in our salvation. Growing in our relationship. So I ask you again this morning, how is it that we grow? How is it that we spiritually grow in the Lord? And I would suggest to you this morning that the answer to that question is the title of my message. The seed, the soil, and the environment. The seed, the soil, and the environment. When we came to the Lord, a seed of the gospel was sown in our heart. And when that seed received or was received upon receptive or good ground, and when that seed was placed into the right kind of environment, it germinated and it began to sprout and it began to grow. So understand this morning that the first step to spiritual growth would require that a quality seed be sown in our hearts. The second step to spiritual growth would be, amen, a requirement for that seed to fall upon fertile soil that receives that seed for the seed to rest upon. And the third step for spiritual growth would require the right environment and the right atmosphere for the seed to produce what it was meant to produce. What I'm saying this morning is that there must be three things present in order to produce a successful crop or to produce a successful walk in the Lord. There must be a seed. There must be the right kind of soil. And number three, there must be the right kind of environment. There, there has to be the seed, the soil, and the right kind of environment. This fundamental truth is not just true in the realm of natural agriculture, but it is also true in the realm of the spirit. It is also true in spiritual truth. The parable that Jesus has related to us and to his disciples in our text speaks of all three of these vital elements that cause spiritual growth to come about in our lives. So with that in the forefront of your mind this morning, I want to just take a few moments to consider what our text says. If you still have your Bible open, I'm going to begin with verse number four. This is what it says. And when many people or much people had gathered to him and were come unto him out of every city, understand that when they found out where Jesus was, they came out of all of the villages round about and they came to hear him speak. They came to hear him teach. Why did they come? Because I believe there was a hunger in their heart. There was a hunger in their heart to receive something from God. And he speaks to them by a parable and he says a sower went out to sow his seed. And then he begins to describe four different types of soil. 
He says, there is a sower that has a bag of seed and he is sowing his seed. And as he sowed his seed, some fell by the wayside and some fell upon the rock and some fell amongst the thorns and some of that seed fell upon good ground and each one of those uh, uh, soils had a different outcome. But understand that Jesus is using the concept of seed, soil, and environment to convey a deep spiritual truth to our hearts. The Bible says he spake a parable unto them, meaning that he gave them an example or he painted them a verbal picture with his words. He's saying that just as a seed is planted in the soil, we too must have our hearts planted with the seed of God's word. So understand that Jesus is talking about three very specific things. And he says he is talking about the seed of God's word being sown into our life. And he is talking about the condition of our heart and the environment in which we live. The first thing that I want to bring to your attention this morning is the seed. Amen. The seed, the soil, and the environment. The first thing that I want to bring to your attention is the seed. Now, understand that when Jesus says that, amen, you know, the seed is the word of God. The disciples come to him and say, we don't understand. Jesus said, I'm painting you a picture, the seed that I'm talking about. The sower that is sowing is sowing the seed of God's word. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So we need to understand this morning that spiritual growth begins with the right kind of seed. Amen. What I, what I would say to you this morning is be careful who you allow to speak into your life. If they are sowing, amen, ungodly seed or corrupt seed, that's going, to, that's going to have an effect in your life. Be careful who you allow to sow into your life. Make sure that whoever you are listening to and whoever you are giving your attention to, make sure that they are preaching and teaching and sowing the seed of God's word. The seed, he says, is the word of God. For anything to grow, there must be a good seed. Any experienced farmer will tell you that you can have great soil. But if you don't have good seed, if you have corrupt seed, if you have bad seed, you are not going to reap a harvest. You can go out and prepare the ground. The ground can be fertile and you can plant seed in the ground. But if the seed isn't any good, you're not going to reap a harvest. You must sow the right kind of seed. And Jesus said, the seed that we need to be sowing is the word of God. The seed that we need to be putting into our spirit and into our heart for spiritual growth. If you want to bring forth fruit of righteousness, then the seed that needs to be sown into your life needs to be the seed of God's word. If we're going to grow in our relationship with Jesus, then we must be planted with the incorruptible, immutable, and unchanging word of God. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23, Peter says these words, that we were born again. 
When we came to Christ, we were born again. And then this is what he says, not of corruptible seed. We were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of the living God that lives and abides forever. He's saying that's how we came to the Lord. That's how we were born again. A seed, a seed of God's word was born there, birthed or sown into our heart. And we received it in the right soil. And we were born again by the seed of the word of God that was planted in our heart. Hmm. What he's telling us is that God's word is powerful and incorruptible. God's word is good seed. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the biting of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That seed gets on the inside and that seed will begin to bring revelation to our heart and begin to grow in our spirit. First or second Timothy three chapter 16 said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and for correction and instruction in righteousness. His word this morning needs to be sown into our spirit because his word is life. His word brings life. His word is powerful and his word endures forever. Here's what the scripture said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Psalms 119 and verse 89, the psalmist declared, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 40 and 8 declares that the grass withereth and the flower fainteth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 25, Peter said, the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. What he is saying is that the seed of God's word is eternal, and it brings life, and it brings a fruitful harvest into us our life we must be planted with the seed of God's word his incorruptible immutable word will stand forever seed has life understand that seed has life within itself it is built into the DNA of the seed Seed has life and power within itself. And the word of God has life and power within it. Pastor Gary, what are you trying to say? When you plant, a, uh, when you plant corn in the garden, you don't have to hang out in the garden and tell that newly planted seed, please, please, please. You don't have to beg it. You don't have to say anything to it. You just need to water it and tend to it. But you don't have to beg it to come up corn. 
If you plant corn, you're getting corn. Hello? Why? Because it's built into the DNA of the seed. You understand what I'm saying? And when when you plant that corn, it's going to come up corn. What I'm saying is when we are planted with the powerful seed of the word of God that comes within our hearts and comes to rest within our heart, it's built into the DNA of the seed that we put in to cause us uh, to be more and more and more like Christ. Somebody said it's so hard living for the Lord. Get full of the spirit of the Lord and get full of the word of God and you'll find out it's easy. You won't have to work at it so hard. Hello? Corn or the seed of that kernel of corn, when it falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it comes up, it's going to bring forth a multitude of harvest. There's power in the seed. And when we plant the seed of God's word into our life and into our heart, that seed begins to bring forth a harvest of right living before God. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible or the seed of God's word was not just given to us so that we could increase our knowledge. It was given to us so we could allow it to change our life from the inside out. The first step to spiritual growth is making sure that we are planting the seed of God's word into our heart. Any other seed is corrupt seed. Make certain that you are sowing the seed of God's word in your life. Nothing can take the place of God's word. The seed needs to be planted in the heart. Amen. God's word needs to be planted in our spirit. The second thing that I want to bring to your attention this morning is the soil. Consider this morning the soil. Jesus is telling us and telling those that were listening to him that day that the the success of the seed, the success of the seed depends upon the condition of the soil. How is it that some folks can come to church, hear the word of God preached, and people are growing over here and no one growing over there? They're they're receiving the same seed, receiving the same message. I submit to you this morning, it's not the problem with the seed, the problem's with the soil. Hello? Maybe I should duck to preach that part. (laughs) The success of the seed depends upon one thing and one thing alone, the condition of the soil, of the condition of the heart that receives it. Good seed must be planted in the right soil. Good seed planted in the wrong kind of soil will not bring forth a quality crop. Jesus shares with us four different kinds of soils that exist, and I want to point those out to you this morning. Number one, the soil by the wayside can be found in verse number five. He said, a sower goes out to sow his seed and some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down underfoot and the fowls of the air came along and devoured it. Understand, first of all, that when they sowed the seed in their fields in that day and time, they didn't plant, they didn't have row crop planting. They didn't plant in a row. They didn't have, they didn't drill plant. They didn't have row crop. They went out and they broadcast their seed, like he had scattered the chicken feed in the chicken yard. Hello? 
So they would broadcast the seed. So get a picture of a sower going out. And he is scattering seed. And Jesus said some of it fell by the wayside. Some of it that he scattered planted itself in the wayside. Understand that the soil by the wayside was a narrow pathway that separated the farmer's plot from his neighbor's plot. And so that that separation or the soil by the wayside was always packed down. I, I, my wife and I live up on the bench right across the street from us. They raise uh, alfalfa and they raise corn. Right along the west side of this field that's right across the street from us, there is a little concrete ditch that runs down the way that waters the, the field. And then right on the other side, there, there is, a, there is a, um, a, a little road that they use all the time to run up and down the ditch. Doesn't matter what time of the year it is, nothing grows in the little road except between the tire tracks. You know why? Because the ground is so packed and so hard that nothing can grow there. The ground, like a game trail, you go out. I mean, this is hunting season. Everybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about a game trail. You go out in the mountains and you see a little trail headed up. You wonder what in the world made that. And that very thing you're hunting for. <laughs> Hello? What happens, the soil becomes so compact and due to the foot traffic and due to the, the fact that it is so hard, the seed is scattered on the top of it and it becomes nothing more than a quick meal for the birds. He said some fell by the wayside and amen. And he said and it didn't, it, 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 was, it was devoured by the fowls of the air and it, and it didn't bring, but it couldn't even germinate, didn't even have time to germinate. The seed by the wayside this morning is the individual that hears the word of God and yet refuses to get involved. The seed by the wayside this morning is the individual that stands off to the side and doesn't want to become a part, that doesn't want to get involved. The, the, the wayside here, if you will, amen, lets his mind wander and he gives little or no regard to the message or, or that's preached and he never receives it into his heart. He may respect the, the pastor and he may respect the preacher and he may even respect the Lord, but, but there is something down on the inside of him that he doesn't want to become involved and he, he doesn't want to become a part and he pays little attention to the message or the word that's preached. And when the seed is gone forth, it has no resting place in their life. There are people in this world that are just like the wayside here. They may have a respect for the things of God, but they don't want to hear anything that we have to say. And before they have a chance to believe when that seed is cast, the enemy comes and snatches, snatches it away. Let me give you a couple of examples of wayside hearers. Here's an example. How about, how about King Herod, Mark chapter 6, verse 20. Here's what the Bible said about King Herod. He feared John the Baptist. Now, get a picture of this. Here is a man that heard John the Baptist preach heard what he had to say, and he reverenced John the Baptist. He feared him, and he knew, this is what the scripture says, and he knew that he was a just and a holy man. And he observed him. He paid respect to him. And he heard him, the scripture says, with gladness. 
He knew John the Baptist was a godly man. He observed him. He, he, he reverenced him. He listened to what he had to say. And he, and the Bible said that he gladly heard him. But that same King Herod, at a birthday party, give the commandment that John be beheaded. That's a wayside here. How about the apostle Peter and Judas Iscariot? Let's compare the two for just a moment. Both, had, both of them were disciples of the Lord. Both had been chosen by Jesus himself. They were both exposed to the same teaching. They both received the same word. They had the same example set before them day after day. They both received the same instruction by the same instructor. And yet they had two very different outcomes. Why? Not because of the seed, but because of the soil. The condition of the soil. What I'm saying this morning is spiritual growth is determined by the condition of the soil of our heart. Let me move on. The, the second type of soil can be found in verse number six. He said, some fell upon the rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. The second kind of soil was the rocky ground. This ground was not, not filled with rocks, but it was a layer of rock underneath a thin layer of, of soil. A ledge of rock, if you will, covered with a layer. It's common in Palestine. In many parts of the Holy Land, you will find a substratum of limestone covered with a thin layer of soil. And the shoot that's planted in that kind of soil can grow up, but the roots can never grow down. And so it has a short-lived life. The sun's rays would come out and warm the soil and cause the sprout to quickly wither and die. Because there was no depth in the soil, amen, they would, they, would, they would dry out very quickly and the young newly germinated seeds would die off. This soil illustrates the emotional hearer who quickly responds to the message or the seed that is sown, but quickly loses interest as well. Hello? How many people do you know that respond quickly? quickly to the things of the Lord and then just as quickly they are here today and gone tomorrow. Hello? Maybe you don't, maybe, I mean, maybe you've seen people in, in but, but as a pastor, I have individuals that I've ministered to and I've seen them respond very quickly and then they, you know, have faded very quickly and I'm like, oh God, what more could I do? What more could I do to help get them rooted and grounded? God spoke to me even this last week, said it ain't you, doesn't have nothing to do with you. It has to do with the soil of their own life. Sow the seed. That's all I've asked you to do. I just want you to be Johnny Appleseed. Sow the seed. It's up to me and up to them. What happens to the seed after that? Hmm. Number three, the third type of soil is that that fell among the thorns. That that fell among the thorns. Some of the seed, he says, falls among the thorns. Amen. And how many of you have discovered when you plant seed among weed seeds, the weeds are going to grow? I mean, you plant your garden and the weeds will outgrow the vegetables. 
right? I mean, I mean, you know, the weeds are going to grow and nothing else will. Jesus is saying the person that does not repent and weed certain things out of their life, there's not going to be enough soil for the, for the seed of God's word to take root in their heart and bring forth a fruitful harvest. The plant is crowded out and the fruit is choked out. Here's a warning to all of us. How many of us get so caught up with the cares of life and even the pleasures of this life that we allow the seed of God's word to be choked out of our own heart? We hear the truth. We respond to the truth. And yet there's so many other things that catch our attention out here in the world. And we start giving our attention to those things instead of the word of God. And instead of our walk with God. Many, many years ago, many years ago, I was preaching in Redding, California. My brother was not living for the Lord. And that night I preached. And after I preached in that revival service, my brother was there and he came forward and he gave his heart to Christ. After the service, I had ridden to the church service with him. And after we were, the service was over, we were riding home he said, I just pray that God will help me to stay in. I feel such a joy in my heart. And I said, I want to tell you something. The way to stay in is stay in. He said, what do you mean? I said, stay in the word, stay in prayer, and stay in the house of God. And he did. And God called him to preach. Hello? What I'm saying this morning is don't allow the cares of this life to choke out what God wants to do in your life. If you're not mindful, if you're not mindful of it, the seed of God's word can be sown in your heart and you will get distracted, amen, on a little bunny trail chasing something else. And before you know it, you have lost out with your relationship with God. And you're not close to the Lord. As you desire to be. Why? Because the cares and the pleasures and the things of this life have become preeminent in your life. Stay in. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. Stay in the house of God. And I promise you, you'll stay in with your relationship with God. Can't help it. You just can't help it. I mean, when you stay in the word, the seed's being sown. When you stay in prayer, you got the right environment, the right kind of soil. I mean, you just, you just can't help it. Good seed and good soil is going to bring forth a good harvest. Hello? The person with a crowded heart comes close to bringing forth fruit, but still there is no fruit, Jesus said, brought to perfection. The fourth kind of ground can be found in verse number 8. He said, some fell among good ground. Oh, God. I want to be good ground. I want to be good soil. When his word is sown into my life, I want to bring forth good fruit. Finally, good seed falls upon good ground, and that good ground brings forth a hundredfold. Jesus said. How many of you know God can take your little and just multiply it? Yes, he can. 
This soil alone, the good ground, can bring forth fruit. It illustrates an individual who hears the word of God, understands the word of God, receives the word of God, trusts in the word of God, and proves the word of God by patiently producing fruit that brings glory to God. I want us this morning to ask ourselves, What kind of soil am I sowing God's word in? Am I a wayside here? Do I have an old, cold, stony heart where I'm sowing into the rocky soil? Are we allowing the word of God to be choked out? Has the word that has been sown into my life, is it being choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life? Or are we sowing God's word upon good ground and bringing forth the fruit of righteousness? The soil makes all of the difference. Good seed without the right kind of soil is fruitless, and the soil without the right seed is useless. And that brings me to my third point, the environment. Environment. You cannot produce a successful crop without the right kind of environment. What do you mean, Pastor Gary? I'll give you a couple of examples. You can't, go, you can't grow banana trees in British Columbia wrong environment right you can't grow avocados in Iceland wrong environment you can't grow lettuce down at the equator too hot wrong environment you got to have the right environment for the right product we'll never experience growth or spiritual growth if we are living in the wrong environment There's a scripture that says bad communications corrupts good morals. What does that mean? Let me give you a down-to-earth translation. If you run with dogs, you will end up with fleas. He's saying that bad company will corrupt good morals. You got you got to put yourself in the right environment. We will never experience spiritual growth without the right seed, the right soil, and we place ourselves in the right environment. Place ourselves in the right environment. That's why attending the the church is important. Somebody said I can live for Jesus without going to church. Yes, you can. You could you can be saved without going to the house of the Lord. Yes, you can. Because this building is not the church. You are the church. But let me also tell you that it is much easier to remain living for the Lord and growing in the Lord if you are surrounded by the others of like faith and you are fellowshipping with them and you, you will draw strength from one another. Place yourself in the right environment. That's why surrounding ourselves with other believers who have the same kind of faith and that's why staying in an attitude of worship is important and that's why Paul tells us to pray without ceasing, to stay in an attitude of prayer. Why? Because all of those things create the right kind of environment for us to grow and flourish in. Seed, soil, 
must be watered with the right kind of nutrients. Let me just share with you a scripture from Romans. The right kind of environment gives life. The right kind of environment gives life. Here is a scripture that the Spirit of the Lord brought to me as I was putting this word together. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2 is what I want you to grab. For the Spirit, or for the law of the Spirit is life. The law of the Spirit is life in Christ. He hath made us free from the law of sin and death. Now let me just give you a little bit of what that really means. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of life. The Holy Ghost is called the Spirit of life. What I want us to understand is if there is life, then there is no place for death. Amen. Where there is life, death is absent. And he tells us that the Holy Spirit is life. The Holy Spirit brings life and the right kind of environment. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And when Jesus went away, what did he send to us to receive? He sent back the promise of the Father so we could be empowered with the anointing of the Holy Ghost so we could have life and have it more abundant in him. Hmm. The Holy Spirit brings the right kind of environment for growth. The Holy Spirit brings the right kind of environment for growth. Water makes the root possible. Water, moisture causes the seed to germinate. And what I'm saying this morning is that the ministry of the Spirit keeps the soil of our heart moist and keeps the soil of our heart fertile for the things of God. And in that kind of environment, plant life flourishes. And so will your spiritual life. The Holy Spirit is the germinator of God's word. The Holy Spirit is the germinator of God's word. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is vital to give spiritual life. Jesus said in John chapter 7 and verse 37, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried with a loud voice, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Amen. And then he goes on to say, He that believes upon me, as the scripture has said out of his belly or out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water and then he said in verse 39 but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified but he knew when the promise of God, the promise of the Father was sent back that the Holy Spirit would empower us to live a godly life and the Holy Spirit would give us the right kind of environment that we would grow and flourish for the kingdom of God. Mm. The seed, the soil, and the right environment. 
Are you sowing the right seed in the right kind of soil and maintaining the proper environment for it to grow? The flow of the Holy Spirit is vital to God's word. The Holy Ghost will multiply and bring growth into our life. We need to plant the right seed, plant it in the right soil, and allow the Holy Spirit to create the right environment in our life. And when we do, spiritual growth becomes an automatic My grandchildren, I don't know, my wife has, I don't have Facebook. My wife has a Facebook page. Every now and again, she, you know, I'll look on her Facebook page. I take care of the elevation one. And uh, sometimes I look on her, you know, Facebook page, and she has memories. And the other day she had a memory of my little grandchildren from five years ago sitting at a table. I don't know if they were eating or just playing with the food or what. Yes, but I looked at them and I went, oh my goodness, they're, they're so little. That was just five years ago. What happened? Growth just come natural because they're in the right environment, being fed the right nutrients, all of those kind of things, and they just start growing. That's the natural course of life. That's exactly what God wants to happen in our spirit, man. If we sow the right seed and we maintain the right kind of soil, you got to maintain the right kind of soil. You got to keep yourself in the right environment. Pastor Gary, how do you know if you are in an environment that is outside of the will of God? It won't take you long. Nobody have to tell you. You'll wind up and feel like a, you know, a, a round peg trying to fit into a square spot. Nobody will have to tell you you're in the wrong environment. The Holy Spirit will just tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, what are you doing here? Hello? How do you know that? Me? I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will just show up and tell you wrong environment, wrong place. Let me close with one more scripture, and let me just see if we can put a little, as it will, a, script, a, a scriptural bow on the message. Psalms. Chapter 1, verse 1, verse 3. This is what the psalmist says. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That man is not going to be blessed. Verse 2. But the man will be blessed. But he delights in the law of the Lord. Understand that the law of the Lord is the word of God. It's the seed of God's word. Understand that when he says he delights in the law of the Lord, that he's saying he delights in the word of God. He's de he delights in the seed of God's word. And in the law, in the word, he allows that seed. He does meditate on it both day and night. Blessed is the man. He delights his way in the Lord, delights himself in the law, delights himself in the word. He meditates on it day and night. Verse 3, that man, the guy that is creating the right environment in his life, that man, that woman. Verse 3, they, it says he, but I'll just use the, the they. 
both male, female, they shall be planted like a tree planted by rivers of the living water that bring forth fruit in their season and their leaves shall not wither and whatever they do will prosper. Hallelujah. That is enough to make a Lutheran shout. Right? Whatever they do will prosper. How many of you would like to prosper every time you turn around? Well, delight yourself in the word of God. Create the right kind of environment. Meditate upon it day and night. Obey it. Uh, amen. And live by it. Don't try to line your life up uh, with the way you want to live and line God's word up with it. Live your life according to the word of God. And he said, that man. That man will be like the guy that lives in British Columbia that craves bananas. <laughs> May not be able to grow them naturally, but he can build a greenhouse. He can create the right kind of environment. You hear what I'm saying? Create the right kind of environment. And you will be like a tree that's planted by the water that brings forth fruit in its season. Ain't every season going to be flowers and blooms and fruit. Not every season in life is flowers, blooms, and fruit. But just hang around long enough. Hang around long enough because that man, that woman, may not look like it right now. The, the limbs may just be rattling in the breeze, but it may not look like fruit right now. But hang on. God ain't done with them yet. That man will bring forth fruit. In his season, and his leaf will not wither. And whatever he does will prosper. I want to be that guy. I want to plant the right seed in the right soil, create the right environment in my life, and bring forth the fruit of righteousness in my life. Bow your heads, please, all over the building, if you will. Bow your heads. I hear the Spirit of God saying to us this morning that there is a new season coming into our life. I hear God asking us to be planted with the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. He's asking us to allow the seed of His Word to be planted into our hearts. He's asking us to check the condition of our soil. Check the condition of our heart. And he's asking us to maintain and remain in an environment that is conducive for spiritual growth in our life. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I have delivered what I feel that you have laid upon my heart. And now, Lord, I ask you to take the word and I ask you to speak to us through the message that has been spoken. Lord, if we have been planting the wrong seed, if we have been planting seed in the wrong soil in our life, if we have not been creating the right kind of environment, then help us to understand why it is that we are not growing it's not your fault. It's not the fault of your word. If anything, Lord, it's our fault. 
Have mercy upon us. Help us to see the error of our way. Help us to see the error of our way and help us to begin to strive to put good seed in our heart. In the right soil, in the right environment so that we may bring forth good fruit a hundredfold. Speak to us here this morning, I ask Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you here this morning would be able to slip up a hand and say, Pastor Gary, I've been planting some wrong seed. I've been planting some seed in some wrong soil, yeah? The Lord sees hands here and there and there and there and there and there. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor Gary, I, I, I haven't been creating the right atmosphere for any kind of seed to be growing in my life. God, God sees you. God sees you. Anybody else, you'd say, that, that's me. But I, I want it to change right now. I want it to change right now. Anybody else, you'd slip up your hand. God sees your hand. Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you, and they're going to come and sing. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, you saw every hand that was slipped up toward you this morning. That hand just simply acknowledged that, Lord, it's me that stands in the need of prayer. It's me that stands in the need of change. And, Father, you saw every hand lifted some lifted hands saying they have been planting the wrong seed. Some lifted their hands saying, I've been planting in the wrong soil. Some lifted their hand and said, I've just been planting in the wrong environment. The truth of the matter is that we have to have good seed, good soil in the right environment. And I see that today. Those that lifted their hand, Lord, I'm asking you to just supernaturally touch their heart. Let the power of your Holy Spirit Speak to them right now. Let them leave changed. And let spiritual growth begin to grow in their life. Lord, let spiritual growth begin to happen in their life. Let them understand that to stay in, we have to stay in. We have to stay in prayer, stay in the word, and stay in the, the presence of other believers and fellowship. Stay in the house of God where we learn and more seed is sown and we, we grow by listening and hearing and taking heed to the word of God. Speak to every life I ask. In the mighty name of Jesus, when the enemy would come and try to rob this word, I pray, Lord, that you would just rebuke the devourer and that you would let these words that have been spoken here this morning remain in their hearts. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on.